Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Paxton. I'm coming to you once again from Falling Springs in Rockbridge County, Virginia, the land of my ancestors. I want to read to you from 2 Timothy chapter 4, and I'm just going to start reading uh, in verse 9. A little background, 2 Timothy was Paul's final epistle. He was imprisoned in Rome just hours and, and, and moments before they were to execute Paul. And he writes to his son Timothy, and he says in verse 9, Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me not. You know, Paul called the names of those who endeavored to do his work harm. And he says here, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica, Crescens for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia, only Luke is with me. Incidentally, as I get to that portion of the 11th verse, uh, I want to tell you, if you have not had the opportunity yet to see the movie, Paul the Apostle, the brand new one that came out with Jimmy Caviezel, I urge you to watch that movie. It sheds some light uh, on the persecution that the Christians endured during that time and also the way in which they reacted to it. Very good movie. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me in ministry or for ministry. So we see here the Apostle Paul reconciled with John Mark. Antichicus I have sent to Ephesus. Bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas when you come, and the books, especially the parchments. Now here he says again, first it was Demas forsook me. He loved this present world. Now he says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. So you see, you have the Apostle Paul here who has named two people that either tried to harm his ministry or flat out didn't do anything to help it. You see, so it, it is in the Bible. And sometimes it's necessary for us to articulate our feelings on that subject. It becomes necessary uh, when you're in ministry. He says, you must also beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me. And that all the Gentiles might hear, also I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. So Paul was in prison alone. And Paul had to cope with a major amount of loneliness. Now, now of course, he had Jesus. And Paul was in constant communion with the Lord. He walked in the Spirit. He prayed without ceasing. All of the great instructions that the Holy Spirit gave us through him were practiced by Paul himself. But he was alone in the natural and in the physical. And believe me, it, it makes a difference. There's a difference. You can constantly have the Lord's presence and fellowship, and you can have a contentness, and you can have a peace but it's nice to have someone in the natural to come alongside you as well. <clears throat> Paul endured prison, much of it alone, and he felt deeply isolated at times from the body of Christ. In the last months of his life, 
he gave us the wonderful secrets of what to do in times of intense loneliness. First of all, we read in 2 Timothy 4:17, he recognized the presence of God. He wrote that the Lord stood with him. And so he leaned in heavily to the presence of Jesus in those times of loneliness in his life. Paul could not change his situation, but in that lonely, damp, dark prison cell, he called to mind the one who remained with him. And he prayed, and he sought the face of God. Secondly, Paul dealt with loneliness by recalling how God faithfully strengthened him, also in verse 17. The Lord had supported Paul through all of his life when no one else was there. The Lord was infusing Paul with strength on a continual basis. The apostle knew that no one could take his life without God's permission. And I want to say the same thing to you and I today, that nothing can come upon us that God doesn't either cause or allow. Nothing can happen to us that escapes God's watchful eye and providential hand in our life. Hallelujah. And that's great strength and comfort in that for us to know. We often quote Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, Paul was sitting in prison when he wrote that verse also. Third, Paul combated his feelings of loneliness by reminding himself that he had the awesome privilege of fulfilling God's purposes in his life. And so sometimes the purposes of God for us take us to a prison cell. Sometimes it takes us to the hovels and the burials to minister to the needy. Sometimes the purposes of God for our life, we cannot explain and we would not have chosen them, but God is in control and he knows what he's up to. And if we'll trust him, he'll make something beautiful out of all of it. What an incredible encouragement to know that we are part of God's providential plan. Still, in his loneliness, Paul treasured each of his friends. He wrote that only Luke remained with him and that he wanted Timothy to come. He wanted Mark to come. And he also named four people in this text that I read, four people who comforted him during that time. You know, I could name the people who have stood with this ministry in times of great need. I can name them and cherish them and honor them. Barb Ankerson, Pam Parrott, Chip Lappert. The list could go on and on and on and on of people who stand with this ministry. I could also name people who have tried to undermine this ministry, who have criticized this ministry, who have tried to destroy this ministry. But I will choose to draw strength from those who have comforted us as we labor for Christ and also for those who have pushed us forward when we felt like staying still for a while. We felt like resting for a while. Or, or sometimes in the early years of the ministry especially, we felt like giving up, but there were always those that were there to push us along. Paul had people in his life who comforted him in this time of imprisonment just before his death. Eubulus, Pudens, Linus, and Claudia, First, uh, 2 Timothy 4, 21. We don't, we don't know anything much about these four people other than that they stuck with the Apostle Paul. Man, I want to encourage you today, stick with the men and women of God in your life. Amen. 
And when other people criticize them, don't you criticize them. And when other people bail out on them, don't you bail out on them. You know, the world is filled with bailer-outers. The world is filled with quitters. The world is filled with those who will just abandon the whole thing. You know, I had one to tell me one time, and we haven't done anything uh, for the ministry in, in a while, you know, just laziness on our part, I guess. Well, you know what? God doesn't have time for laziness. There are souls that need to be one today. Praise God. And we believe that the Holy Spirit is working through grassroots ministries just like this all across this world to bring in a final harvest before Jesus comes. So praise be to God for those who stuck with the Apostle Paul. I thank God for those who have stuck with me. I mean faithfully through my life and through my labor for the Lord. Praise God. They, th th this has to be one of the greatest compliments that could have been paid to any individual was for Paul to mention these people in his epistle. And now for all of history, for all of time, for all of eternity, these people are known. And hallelujah for that as well. Finally, Paul asked Timothy to, Timothy to bring some books with him, especially the parchments, he said in verse 13. The books might have been the Gospels and the parchments might have been the Hebrew Scriptures. Knowing the Apostle Paul, we can assume uh, that he hungered for copies of the Scriptures in his dark loneliness. In an hour of great loneliness and abandonment, the Word of God brings great comfort. The Lord Jesus Christ felt totally alone as he faced his own death on the cross of Calvary. The Bible says that all the disciples forsook him and fled, Matthew 26, 56. And on the cross, Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus knows all about loneliness. He knows all about it. God, in that terminology where it says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That doesn't mean that God wasn't there. That simply means that in that moment of time, as Jesus paid for the sin of the world, and God, who is holy, the thrice holy God that cannot look upon sin, turned his face. He couldn't watch it. And Jesus couldn't feel his presence for a moment of time. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But God was always there. And you see, of course, God knew the end of that story. And we're living, in the, we're living on the backside of Calvary today as resurrection people because of the great love of Jesus Christ. Jesus knows all about loneliness. And he also knows the joy of being carried through the loneliest of times on the wings of faith, confident that the Father will never abandon one he loves. You see, the scripture tells us that we are in God's hands and that no one can pluck us out of God's hands. That means that the circumstances of my life cannot pluck me out of God's hands. That means that my enemies can't pluck me out of God's hands. That means those who forsake me can't pluck me out of God's hands. That means those who abandon me cannot take me away from God's love. That means nothing can separate the saints from the love of God. Jesus knew that. And it was a deep abiding faith that he passed on to you and to me. We can know that too. The wings of faith 
With confidence that the Father will never abandon those he loves, Jesus stands as the ultimate example, as one who faced the perils of loneliness yet without losing heart. And so I want to encourage you today. We look at how the ways that Paul dealt with that lonely time in his life, he recognized the presence of God, that the Lord was standing with him. He recalled how God had faithfully strengthened him all of those years and was strengthening him even then to face his hour of trial. He combated those feelings of loneliness thirdly by reminding himself he was had the awesome privilege of fulfilling God's purpose in the world. We all look for the purpose. What's the purpose for my life? Why am I here? How can I make a difference? What am I doing? You know, on and on and on. But Jesus goes way beyond that, and Paul understood that. It's not just the purpose for my life, but it's the purpose for God's plan for the world. And each one of us fits into that plan somewhere. And understanding that helped Paul to realize that if, if in my loneliness I can produce uh, a letter to the Colossians, a letter to the Ephesians, a letter to the Romans, if I can write to Timothy and these words will be written down and they will be preserved and in 2018 the church of Jesus Christ will still be reading these words. He understood that it was more than him and that he was in his place for a reason that only God knew and even Paul probably didn't fully understand it. But there's that faith again. See, faith doesn't always keep you in a mansion. Faith doesn't always keep you on a mountaintop. Sometimes faith puts you in a dungeon and accomplishes some of its greatest work. There are many people today that, that some of them call themselves preachers, even, that say that Calvary was a place of defeat. But my friends, Calvary was the greatest place of victory ever known to the human race. It was the place where Jesus had to go. Yes, there was loneliness. Yes, there was pain. Yes, there was sorrow and heartache. But Jesus saw beyond that. If you and I today can have the grace from the Holy Spirit to learn to look beyond that and see the bigger picture that God's providential hand is in the affairs of men, we can face our day with the joy of the Lord and we can remind ourselves that God is strengthening us and we can make it through the dark hour. Also, he calls for the scriptures. Oh, don't make the scriptures the last resort in your life, dear friend. But get into the word of God every single day and let God's word change your life, transform you, and minister to your heart and your emotions no matter what you're facing in this hour. So to those of you that are lonely today, I want to encourage you to understand that there are many out here that love you Maybe you might have to take the time to send that letter or send that email, but we'd be happy to pray for you. You can email me personally at office at acts2618.com, and I would be happy to pray with you in Jesus' name. And God has a plan for your life, and you may be lonely right now, but God is with you, and he is strengthening you, and he will fulfill his purposes for you in Jesus' name. From the rock bridge of my ancestors, this is evangelist Len Paxton saying, go with God and he will go with you. Bless you.